What's going on, everybody? It's Thursday at 8, and thanks for tuning in to League Talk on Weagle 91.1. Over the next hour, we'll be discussing and debating a wide variety of sports, prospects, and matchups right here in Auburn, as well as across the nation. My name is Adam, and with the help of my boys Gordy, Bo, and Tucker, we'll bring you the best takes in sports. Let's dive right into it. What is going on, people? Had a little bit of technical difficulties here. Gordy's and Bo are out of town, so we're doing this by ourselves. Yeah, we're, we're just rolling with it. And Gordy's normally our, our technician guy, so Tucker's giving it a whirl here tonight. So. Yeah, we're we're just gonna roll with it, and uh, you know, bear with us if just, we have any technical difficulties. But just keep it moving. But yeah. we had to come back, and we had to talk all of the leagues. There's a lot to talk about. It's a big day. Yeah, and big a big day. big past week too if you think about it it's been a big march oh yeah it's march baby it's march and basketball is definitely uh worthy of discussion yeah how's your bracket uh well pretty much after like two o'clock last friday it's been pretty terrible yeah mine we'll we'll save that for after but let's just say i picked illinois yeah, I had Ohio State. Yeah. Makes, so. makes me feel like everything I said on here last week is just, like, completely worthless, but it's all good. It's yeah. Large. I mean, that's what it's all about. Exactly. But today, in big news, NBA trade deadline. We mm-hmm. saw a lot of trades, and uh, I loved it. I was I was refreshing Woj tweets by, uh, by like the minute, day. it yeah. felt like. He just kept dropping bombs, like, out of nowhere. But, yeah, sometimes uh, – in every sport, when the trade deadline approaches, I feel like everyone gets a little antsy, like the fans and and probably the organizations, everyone in the front office. And sometimes it doesn't really deliver. Mm-hmm. But this year it was a very, very active uh, trade deadline. Yeah, we were. there were some, pri- some surprises we saw people leave and some surprises that we saw with people stay. Mm-hmm. So I think... We're just going to dive in and go through every single trade today yeah, and say what we thought about them. The guys that I'm um, surprised stayed, I guess, would be Lonzo yes. and Kyle Lowry. Exactly. Those are the two the, headliners, probably. And then Drummond, it felt like he was going to get bought out the whole time. And I guess same with Aldridge. Like, they both ended up yeah. getting bought the, out. Those are our non, non-guys that didn't. Had didn't no go anywhere, but that were rumored to. But that's, and we've been saying on the show that it's like, just you know there's so much speculation right now and everything's been rumors but then today like it kind of all it was all out there except for a few we thought Lowry went, might move but no but there's still it's still a lot to talk about on that front yeah um let's just go for it you want to start start at the top yeah well there's sure. they're out of order on sequence of events but i mean we got them all right here first trade was the Dallas Mavericks and the Pelicans. It was the the Mavericks received Nikola Melli and J.J. Redick for James Johnson, Wes Iwundu, if I'm pronouncing that right, and a 2021 second-round pick. So what are your thoughts on that at first? I mean, just looking at it, I feel like the, uh, the Mavs kind of get the better end of the deal as long as J.J. Redick has any sort of three-point production. 
it's been an off year for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely He's 36. Starting to reel a little bit, but if he can get some good shots with them, they might he might be a key piece in the playoff run for them. For the Pelicans, uh I don't honestly know a ton about Owindu. Uh, Me neither. James Johnson, I guess, is just a like more of a vet that they can have kind of maybe shape up the locker room and, and have some leadership there because they're kind of just so young, the Pelicans are, that they maybe need that. Yeah, but and I guess it's pretty even trade. Um, yeah, for the most part. The picks, the second round pick's been, nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. An Im- in a, it's an immediate pick in a, a fairly stacked uh, draft class. So mm-hmm. I think it. it Kind of goes both ways, and I think Melly for the Mavericks is is a great pick yeah. or pickup to come off the bench from uh, Porzingis, mm-hmm. be able to stretch the floor. I think I think it's a great great acquire for them. And they have lots of guys like that now between uh, Kleba and Dwight Powell too. Like they have, they're pretty versatile at that like four and five spot. Yeah, now, the space so. the floor for Luca is mm-hmm. is great. It's ideal. The big question, yeah, remains is is just JJ Redick. You know, he's had yeah. he's had an injury. He hurt. He had a a heel injury, and he's thirty six. So and he's having an off year. So it it really just depends on that. Yeah, because if yeah, so again, if he is just somewhat productive and can knock down threes when they need him, like then they win this trade. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at with that one. Otherwise, it's just you know just some bench guys flipping around. Yeah, no, there there were a lot of small guys or small yeah, there small were trades. Definitely some lower tier trades. Uh. This next one, I guess it's kind of high tier, but it's kind of seems like it's highway robbery. I think I know heat. what you're about to say. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of stealing Victor Oladipo. One of the blo- nothing, one of the bigger blockbusters of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I mean, are the are the Rockets even trying at this point? I don't think so. I think their front office just the last year or so is just completely given up, and it all started with small ball. Yeah, uh, that and the Houston curse. You can blame the Astros for that. Well, yeah, everything that's going on in Houston that's been bad over the past few years, that's all because of the Astros. Yes, karma. They deserve it. Yes. So that trade, so <laughs> the Rockets got Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a 2022 first-round pick. That was a swap, so whoever has the highest one, probably the Rockets. Yeah. And... Uh, the Heat just get Victor Oladipo, mm-hmm. and that's just it's mind blowing, yeah. honestly. Because Oladipo can still be a good piece for any team, and I, I think with this Heat team, he fits in pretty well, at least into the rotation. And then giving up Avery Bradley and Olenek, two guys who are some, you know, thirty plus guys who Avery Bradley well past his prime. Yeah, and Olenek is. You know, there's there's some guys similar to him who can just be kind of a pick and pop. The ceiling uh, is only so high, basically. Exactly. There's he's a pretty straightforward stretch four, so uh, you're not really missing anything. The, yeah, there, there's a lot of guys that can do exactly what he was giving you. Yeah, and uh, also Lamarcus Aldridge, like we said, was bought out, and apparently the Heat are going hard after him, so yeah. that would be a major upgrade from Olenek in, yeah. in that regard. But. Yeah, I saw they were the front runner for him, so. Mm-hmm. The East is getting tough. The East, yeah, it's it's talent spreading out, that's for sure. Yeah. But so, yeah, Bleacher Report gave the Rockets an F-plus for that one. The plus was generous. Yeah, I think maybe the first-round pick was the plus. Yeah. Otherwise. <laughs> it's it the only good F. thing to come out of it. Yeah. So this next trade, I, it caught me by surprise. I, I didn't see this coming. It felt purposeless. 
Yeah, so we're talking about the Lou Williams and Rondo trade. So the 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 excuse me, the Hawks get Lou Williams, a 2023 second round pick and a 2027 second round pick and cash for Rondo. For Rondo, had who a is bad year. Yeah, it's not not even close. He's having a a very very bad year for his standards. But yeah, I uh I didn't really understand this one. I don't really get why the um Clippers would want to give up Lou Will, somebody who's one of who's been their most reliable bench guy in maybe uh basketball NBA history possibly. Yeah. So, one of the best um, six men of all time. I mean, I named his kid six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and Rondo in the down year, I just I I don't understand why it took more than just Lou Will to get Rondo, but the Hawks kind of finessed them with that. Um, let me let me say these stats real quick. So, Lou Will's having an off year in his standards. Mm-hmm. So Lou Will's averaging twelve points, which is you know not bad, but like I said, for his standards, isn't great. And then two rebounds, three and a half assists. You go over to Rondo. Rondo's averaging three point nine points. That is what, and you that's and you gave up so much for that. Three point nine points, two rebounds, three and a half assists. That's like the same rebound and assist uh, assist numbers and, and ten less points. Basically, Rondo is injury prone. Like he has been his whole career. So like he's, he, I don't know. He you might not even get that much play time out of him. But maybe they just really feel like they need a backup point guard or just like someone else other than Beverly to. And I, the ball, but I mean, I don't know. I think giving up Lou Will here is is the bad move for them. Yeah, unless they're feeling really good about maybe Luke Kennard as as the shooting guard, the like six man off the bench. But yeah, well, I was thinking like, may it, it would make sense to have uh, the only thing that would really make sense for me is if you have this uh, a young point guard in the system that you want this veteran to mentor. But I can't think of really anyone off the top of my head that that's you know a true point guard on that team yeah pat bev's not yeah because he's such a defensive like front guy so yeah yeah no i think ron maybe maybe it brings out the best of rondo because i mean he's shown it like i think i was telling you this earlier like rondo just his career year to year depending on what team he's on Mm -hmm. or like what the situation's like his his stats are going to look very different. Like his performance is just going to be way different depending on the uh, setting for him. And maybe it was because if you look at how he was with the Lakers last year, he had so many weapons around him that he could pass to. Mm -hmm. And with Atlanta, like they're, they're a good team, but don't don't have as much depth. So maybe that's what they're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're thinking he can, he'll be able to have these, you know, great passes to, yeah, to just be able to kick out to and, be able to create space for other guys but i don't know i i feel like i feel like the clippers you know they definitely lost that one in my books yeah i would agree with that and then moving on to it's a trio of teams in the east and it actually wasn't until later that the celtics got involved in this yeah boys um but it ended up being that the celtics get luke cornett and mo wagner two guys who are Going to hit free agency this year and two bigs. Uh, so I think that will probably, you know, they're just loans maybe for the rest of the year. See what you can get out of them. And then the Bulls get Troy Brown Jr., Javante Green from the Celtics, Celtics, and Tice from the Celtics. And then the Wizards get Gafford and Hutchinson from the Bulls. Yeah. Um, um, 
This I, is again another like just swapping of benches, kind of like yeah, seeing like feeling it out. Uh, I I was a little surprised that the Celtics gave up Tice. Like, well, he's another one of those guys that was you know heading into a free agency mm-hmm. year, so it I it makes somewhat sense. I I found it funny because last night uh, the Celtics played the Bucks and there was one second left, and you know struggling get the inbound in gets it into Tice and he misses the the shot. Danny Ainge told him to pack his things and get out of Boston after yeah, that. <laughs> See ya. Uh, we can find someone else to do your job. Yeah. Uh, I looked at Cornette. He, he's averaged seven before. I mean, Tice averaged like nine, eight, nine points. It's one yeah. of those things where it's like it's a swap. I mean, you hit it right on the nose, I feel like. Yeah, it's, it's one that probably won't mean a whole lot, but, you know, still maybe worth talking about. 2K teams might look a little different. Yeah. But – uh, I actually this next trade I forgot that they already did find Kelly Olynyk's replacement with uh, Namaja Bjelica. I I that's Bjelica. I, I know who. I, it's like one of those guys where you're like I know who he yeah. is, but I I don't know. He's how been to say on the Kings name. for years now, but yeah. they, the Heat. He's a stretch four. Uh, the Heat traded for him, and uh, they sent Mo Harkless and Chris Silva. Maurice, is there a difference? thought it was the same guy maybe pretty sure but i guess not 100 percent. but yeah um again we'll kind of such s- casuals if that's wrong i know no you're right mo harkless okay. okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but i i don't know i don't think this one is one that's gonna make a lot of noise i mean the kings get someone who plays great defense and mo harkless and just a a good three to have on your bench and then the heat get a reliable three-point shooter yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like you know time will tell there's no clear winner Mm -hmm. bleacher report is giving it to the kings but it's you know it's who knows i guess swapping two players for one when that one is like 32 and like it's not like he scores a ton but i i guess i get it yeah uh left under as we're talking about how many picks they have until 2027, yeah. they have 34 picks. 17 first round, 17 second mm-hmm. round. That's, you know. the And they, of course, required some more today. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, for a team that, you know, had to move on from from Westbrook and Paul George, they they did it right, it looks like. They're, yeah, a they're lot better than the Rockets. Exactly. There's one, the Rockets now have, I saw it today, like for Harden, they ended up getting nine first round picks. Uh, uh, Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, and Dante Exum for Harden. That's what they got. Yeah, when they could have had Levert and Jared Allen, mm-hmm. those nine Depot, first round picks, and if he yeah. stayed, yeah. But like, maybe. I think even Levert is probably a step up from Depot at least yeah. right now. He hooped last night. Yeah, hit the tough bucket, the the dagger against uh forget who i'm blanking on who it was raptors maybe maybe i uh, yeah but yeah this this one is about the thunder getting tony bradley and austin rivers uh so i guess doc traded away his son again or is rivers on the knicks he was on the knicks okay so it was a three-team trade george hill is going to the sixers though that's really the most important thing from this one it gives him a point guard yeah the other everything else in this one is kind of just some picks thrown in there. It's uh, the guy who 
is included in the Sixers deal, Ignas Bradzdekis. Okay. He's been hooping in the G League the past couple years. Really? Yeah, he's. A, I believe he's a stretch four as well. So we'll see. He can, might. He he could beat out Korkmaz maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that one doesn't seem huge, other than the fact that uh, the Sixers get a reliable backup point. Yeah, George Hill. So this this next trade is something that it, another one of those where it's like you know maybe, but on first glance it, it doesn't look like a very good trade it was it was so the trailblazers are getting norman powell from the raptors and the trailblazers are sending them ronnie hood and gary trent jr uh-huh. and gary trent jr is a hooper yes. and ronnie hood is he's a a shooter also kind of like norman powell yeah but so, he's i mean rodney hood hasn't been very valuable the past couple of years like you know, he kind of his best basketball is on the Jazz, and then like on the Cavs, he didn't really do much. On yeah, the, on the Trailblazers, he has yet to do much. But yeah, I was surprised about Gary Trent because I thought he was going to be an important piece for the Trailblazers the next few years. But he's I been guess, a little cold recently, yeah, exactly. I guess. But he's shown off. that he can he can get buckets. Yeah, and and Norman Powell though, like he's been probably pay, playing his best basketball of his career. Yeah, twenty uh, points. Yeah, and he's—I think he's 29 years old right now. Okay. Um, I don't know. I—I th- I mean, I guess Powell is a, an upgrade, but with the fact that Gary Trent is only like 22, like I, that seems to have some value. Unless they thought maybe, you know, they couldn't re-sign him. But I'm pretty sure Powell's contract is up soon as well, and he's probably in for a pay like a. Uh, upgrade <laughs> yeah after this pay, year i mean pay upgrade but uh i don't know i think if if pal can come in and score 20 a game there then yeah yeah it, they, it they looks might work out yeah because the that would definitely surprised me i didn't i just didn't think the blazers would give away gary trent yeah the blazers are trying to they're, they're trying to they're it feels like they're so close yeah. they're they're obviously a good team and it feels like they're just you know they they get so close every year it feels like and you know maybe they're thinking Norman Powell can help them you know finally get it their or just so try something now. different you know getting rid of Trent and Hood and just bringing in something new can you know hopefully help them you know at least get closer to that edge mm-hmm. and then they still are waiting on Nurkic coming back but they have I mean they have a very good backup at every position. Yeah. Like they're pretty deep. So, I don't know. They should have a chance uh, to make a push in this year's playoffs, and I would love it for Dame. Yeah. My f- favorite player in the NBA to get a ring. So Yeah. But we'll see. So, the next is a, one of the other blockbusters. Yeah, this was the first one, I believe. It was either this or Vooch. First one I saw when I woke up this morning. Was, yeah. Uh, I, th- uh, I think I saw Vooch first. But it doesn't matter. Either or. Still, the Magic are getting rid of everybody. They're selling, yeah. But they're doing a good job. Cleaning house. You know, they're getting assets for the years to come. But, yeah, this one, Magic are giving up Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to the Nuggets. So, yeah, Aaron Gordon, the the headline of that Mm -hmm. trade. He he did request a trade just a few days ago, and they granted it to him. And then uh, the Nuggets... Gave the Magic in return Gary Harris and R.J. Hampton, and then a 2025 first-round pick. Top five protected. 
<laughs> through 2027. Don't yeah. even know what that really means. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think Aaron Gordon is, is actually a great piece for the Nuggets. I think they didn't really have to give up too much. And considering that Gary Harris has been on a decline kind of for years now, like he really doesn't provide enough on offense or defense for them to like not want to trade him. And he's like 28 years old, I think. So yeah, I get that to get Aaron Gordon, who I think will have an immediate impact. Yeah, and it adds. I mean, the Nuggets are a big team now. Exactly. If you think you know Jokic, yeah. Aaron Gordon, Michael uh, Porter Jr., a big point guard. Murray. Yeah, like that's a it's a tall team. That yeah, Millsap. Like they got guys. Yeah, and Aaron Gordon can help guard those you know those bigger guys, your ads mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That Porter, who's a a little bit smaller and you know weight. Maybe mm-hmm. you know Gordon can bang down in the post with them. So yeah, they can they can mix up their lineups a lot now too. Like they're if they want to bring Gordon off the bench, like that works because him and Montemoris can just like go off when it's the, when it's the bench guys or whatever. But like then they got they could start Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. and Millsap and Jokic all at one time. Like they they could just do so many things, and I think that's a good trade for them. Yeah, the the Nugs are gonna get scary. Mm-hmm. They're they're. You know, making moves in the right direction, kind of like the Trailblazers team that's yeah. close, and yeah, you know this maybe that. can get them over the hump. Exactly, they're trying to find that one thing that can get the push and beat the Lakers and make it all the way to, through to the finals. Everyone's trying to beat the Lakers, exactly. <laughs> and then in the East, it's become everyone's trying to beat the Nets. So. Yeah, yeah. I Especially mean, if Drummond goes there, like, I or, or Aldridge, like it just makes it even worse. Like they're just going to be. Where's this money coming from? (laughs) I mean, when you sign, like, when you're getting these guys for, like, minimums, I guess, but not all of them. I guess they took a little bit of a pay cut maybe to be there. I don't even know. I don't know. They're probably losing a lot of money. Yeah. But, again, with the magic, just selling house. This uh, made me happy. Yeah, this was a great trade for the Celtics. They basically gave up a kind of washed point guard who hasn't really done anything for them this year at all like maybe has a couple good games uh this season and two second round picks which is you know take it or leave it second round this, picks. this year they're more valuable because like we said it is a deeper draft but and they don't have a year on year. these yeah so i guess it's still to be determined on those but yeah jeff teague two second round picks for evan fournier who's also playing his best basketball of his mm-hmm. career, kind of like Norman Powell, averaging like twenty right now, shooting forty percent from deep. Like, it's a good trade. Makes I me mean, makes me happy. Yeah, like you can throw Fournier into almost at any team because, he, I mean, he's just just a shooter. He's a combo guard, could play the two or the three. Um, I don't know. I think that's just a it was an easy trade for the Celtics. Yeah, it makes and him immediately better and. Peyton Pritchard has proved that he's performing better than Jeff Teague is mm-hmm. this year, so I'm okay with getting rid of him <laughs> to bring in a guy that we kind of we kind of lack that wing depth. With we had Javante Green and Simeonjili coming off the bench. I mean, Fournier on paper will come off the bench. You never know. It, mm-hmm. Teams get injured, uh, load management. He'll probably bounce in and out of the starting lineup, but he get he gives us that depth. And ability to stretch the floor that yeah. I'm I'm really makes excited up, for. Yeah, except all the lineups and stuff. And the guy, the Bleacher Report guy, whoever this article said uh, on two separate occasions in the, for this trade, 
this was all it took to get Evan Fournier? Yeah. Like, that's all it was? Like, every, every team is probably kicking themselves. Every contender, at least, is kicking themselves for not. Like, they could have they could have brought that up. Any team could have done that. Yeah, and it doesn't really hurt the cap a whole lot because of what we got from Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. It, it just digs a little bit into it. I The thing with the Celtics, because this was all that they the, – this is what they did, uh, those two trades. I still wish they kind of got that that – interior defender big man Robert Williams is playing really really well recently so maybe since he's young that but they're hoping on that I guess my thing because the I'm kind of skipping ahead here but JaVale got traded to the uh, Nuggets and I was thinking like why couldn't the Celtics go after him that would have been such an easy get for them yeah to have as a backup center like because the Cavs basically like got nothing in return for McGee which is Whatever, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think... You guys could have given, like, Ojale and a couple second-round picks for him, I think, but... Yeah, because all we got at big right now is is Thompson, Thompson. who's kind of battling injury, and Robert Williams. Yeah. So we're hoping, you know... Can get Aldridge. Aldridge. Yeah. It's not looking like Drummond. Drummond is looking like he's heading to L.A., possibly. Yeah, that's... He was, he was in L.A. like two days ago. He's been he's been kind of messing with people on Twitter too about where he's gonna go. People <laughs> yeah. keeps going back and forth. I think people are thinking L.A., but uh, we'll wait and see. I'm kind of rooting for him to go to the Knicks. Yeah, I see. I don't hate the Knicks. Might take him to the the next level. Julius Randle has been yeah. hooping hooping lately, leading that team. But yeah, the Magic's still blowing everything up. But it's probably about time they kind of they were making the playoffs year in year out. Uh, but never were really able to add that piece with Vucevic. Yeah, getting like an eight, eight seed usually. Yeah, yeah, so it's like that's good that you're making the playoffs. We love making the playoffs, but, you know, at some point you got to realize that this isn't the team that's going to win a championship. I don't think they've gotten past the first round in, in years. Yeah, and so. I say this, uh, I feel like I've said this before, but it's like the worst thing is for a team to be, you know, just going, like not going up or down, but just kind of going – like kind of plateauing, yeah. just going in a straight line. Because a team that's not getting better or really doing worse but setting themselves up to be better mm-hmm. is what's going to you know hurt them because they're not doing anything yeah. to better themselves. And now we can officially say that the Magic, are they are trending down, but like in a way that's kind of like trending up. Like, yes. Like you're saying, that's like it's better to be moving than to just be like stagnant. You don't want to just be yeah. staying still because then, you know, like – there's just no way you're gonna ever win anything that way. Yeah, like the goal it's the is same to obviously thing. win the final. So they're not gonna do it the way they had been. Uh, so they get rid of their best player. Uh, their three best star. players. Yeah, three best players. But this one is Vucevic and Alfarik Amino to the Bulls in exchange for Wendell Carter, Otto Porter, and two first round picks. One is this year, and it's top four protected which is probably good for the Bulls in case yeah. they don't make the playoffs. But how do you feel about this one? So I think I think this is a pretty fair trade, honestly. This was probably the biggest one of the day. Yeah. this was. I woke up, and I it, it wasn't long before I saw this. Mm-hmm. It, I think I really do think it's it's fair in the what you th- seems like because the Bulls are getting Vooch, who's that you know ab- immediate production for them. And what they kind of needed was kind of a big Wendell's young guy. He's solid, but he's not, you know, great. 
and they have like Kobe White mm-hmm. that they've kind of been he's been looking like a a really good piece for them Levine and now they had that five yeah that's kind of I don't know it seems like it might be completing that team a little bit more but the magic getting those you know those two picks and somewhat young talent I feel like helps them also for the future yeah I feel like for the magic Wendell is definitely a good grab Otto Porter is kind of just like eh his injury history plus his production lately is kind of mid-tier but yes for sure the picks is I I agree I think it's a fair trade basically it's like the point I'm trying to get at is the Bulls did their job in getting another all-star for Levine finally the guy deserves it he's been working so hard so I I think Levine should be happy about this one it's not like he's saying goodbye to anyone who he should miss too much as far as just basketball goes um but yeah, the magic might turn this into something that makes them pretty good in the f- next few years to come. Yeah. But I I was also a little surprised we didn't see Markinen on the move. I kind of especially with bringing in Vucevic, someone who plays similarly, but also Vucevic is uh the whole another step up, you mm-hmm. know. So like he's an all-star. Production I mean, exactly. Like he's way better. Um but yeah, I th- I would have thought maybe getting Markinen out of there would have made more sense, but you know what? I'm not the GM. <laughs> yeah. The, so these next couple traits, I feel like we can just go Kinda through skip. pretty quick. Yeah. yeah Ter- Terrence Davis uh, went to the Kings from the Raptors for a 2021 second round pick, whatever. Yeah, not really. And then really Brad Wanamaker went from the uh, Warriors to the Hornets for cash, whatever. Lamelo proof. You know, they just need another point guard. While he's hurt. Rozier, yeah, that's pretty much all that is, I'd say. Yeah, and then uh, <coughs> this next one, I mean, kind of the same thing. The Warriors are getting the rights to whoever this guy is. Katie Lalan? Lalan? L- yeah. Uh, probably an overseas player who just hasn't um, come to the NBA yet, but he's a draft pick who just has yet to move into the country. So. Yeah, and then they're getting rid of Marquise Chris, Chris and uh, Cash. So the Spurs helping with that, you know, they're buying out Aldridge, give him a little bit more mm-hmm. cap for that. So it it makes sense. I mean, I have no idea who the guy is that the Warriors have the rights to. No, he's overseas playing. He could be a hooper. Yeah. Maybe we'll know about him one day. But right now, I really can't say any, like I just can't speak on him. I don't I don't know anything about him. <laughs> yeah. Another one of those small trades. So the uh from the Jazz, the Raptors are getting a 2021 second round pick and the Jazz are getting Matt Thomas. He's he just shoots threes. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a wet ball. Yeah. And I, I think he can play OKD and you know, that always helps if the Jazz are trying to win the championship. 3 and D never hurts. Yeah. So this next one uh, mentioned it earlier, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mentioned it earlier. JaVale McGee's going to the Nuggets, back to the Nuggets, where where he kind of started as, as you know, the Shaqton, the fool. Yeah, that's where. He might, know. maybe he might go back to all that. Might redeem himself now. Maybe. maybe he, he wins he, a ring this year. He did redeem himself. Yeah, he de- he definitely has turned his whole career around. Like, he's not really a meme anymore. Uh, he's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and you guys well, get some value for this. He's won uh, uh, three championships in the last four years. That's what they said today. <laughs> so that's the Lakers and the Warriors twice. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, wow, yeah, okay, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. So this 
this trade, you guys get get some return from this from an old an older center, so you got to be pretty happy about this. And JaVale is kind of like, I didn't really understand why we signed him in the first place. I have no problem with him. I, I like JaVale. It's just, as a Cavs fan, I didn't really understand it. But, so yeah, to get something in return is is not bad. Uh, 2023 second round pick, 2027 second round pick. Probably will forget about those until it happens. Um, and then Isaiah Hartenstein. Whatever. He's a big. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. But the report says the Cavs got the edge on this trade, but that's pretty much an even trade, I would say. Yeah. You, it was a low. Getting JaVale is a. You've, I feel like you've said this a lot. A, kind of a low risk kind of thing. Yeah. There's a guy like that. Like, just. To get something out of him is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just makes sense. Uh, this one, I think. If Gordy were here, I I think he'd be pretty upset about uh, yeah. this. Cause yeah, because Delon Wright has been playing great basketball lately. Oh yeah, and the Pistons sent him out to the Kings. That's all they get as Delon Wright, uh, and then, then the Pistons get uh, Corey Joseph, kind of an older vet point guard, like thirty four probably or so, mm-hmm. and then a twenty twenty one second round pick from the Lakers, and twenty twenty four second round pick. So it's not like they got nothing, but like. DeLon Wright was playing really good basketball this year, and it's yeah. like the Pistons have a ton of guys that they can say that about. So, Unless they're trying to just, you know, confirm that they're going to be one of those bottom three teams that have the best luck at getting the number one pick. That's probably – I mean, they have – they traded away uh, D. Rose, too. So, like, who's, yeah. who plays point for them? Dennis Smith and they bought out Blake. Yeah. Who – oh, by the way – Absolutely. Oh just, yeah. How do we? <laughs> yeah. He he. The the city of Detroit should literally be charging to Blake Griffin with Violin. pitch. Yeah, yeah, with pitchforks or in all, literally fire trying to demand. I think it needs to. They need to file a class action lawsuit. Exactly. Like that is ridiculous that he dunks in his first game as a net, and like. I mean, Gordy were talking about this the other night. It, it probably isn't as bad as it seems saying he didn't dunk in 2019 because, like, I think he was injured for some time, and then the Pistons obviously didn't play since March when the yeah. season got shut down. So it's not like it had been that long, but, like, come on. Still, it's, it, <laughs> it sounds like a while ago. Like, that was two years ago he hasn't dunked in the game. Yeah, and he was saying on – he went on part of my tape because he has this new show coming out, Prank Show. He's oh, saying yeah. it, it would only been like 19 games that he'd actually played in, but it's like still the Pistons. So you're saying you didn't. He, he not, could have. He just didn't want to. Yeah. Basically. Well, and it's like, so you were hurt. So you didn't really give him much. And when you did play, it's like you, you didn't give it your all. Maybe mm-hmm. your injuries held you back, but it's, oh, Pistons. They gotta be, yeah. they gotta be mad. Yeah. But yeah, it's giving up DeLon Wright is a questionable I, decision. I, they want the first pick. They I mean, do. They're trying to fight with the Timberwolves for it. Uh, poor oh. Jeremy Grant. Gordy's calling me right now. This should be interesting. Oh, he just heard about it. Hey. What are the Pistons doing, man? Yeah, I don't know. That's what we're talking about. It's it's. Why on earth will we – like, I don't understand that trade at all. Like, some stupid second-round picks and Corey Stinkin' Joseph, who is straight booty. Delon Wright was hooping. I don't understand. Well, does it make sense that y'all are doing this to, you know, maybe y'all were doing better than y'all wanted to, so y'all want to do bad to get the first pick? They want Jalen Green. I mean, I think it's because we might be saving money 
because we lost a lot on the Blake Griffin buyout. Um, because I think DeLon Wright is like, I think he has, his contract was close to 10 mil. And I don't think Corey Josephs is close to that at all. But nah, like, he's probably a minimum. What is DeLon Wright doing going there? Like, they don't need him. Yeah, they have De'Aaron Fox. They just Halliburton. come off the seat. And Tyrese Halliburton yeah. and Buddy Heald. Like, there's no room for him there. Yeah. I just don't understand it at all, and I had to voice my concerns. Yeah, no, no that's you, was... you deserve to get to voice your concerns. What about Blake? Well, they dunked the very first bucket on the Nets. Yeah. Don't get me started there. <laughs> you feel like you got robbed? Yeah, well, like, they don't even need him. Like, I don't know why everyone acted like that was such a big deal. Like, Blake to the Nets. Like, it's going absolutely viral. Like, who cares? He's not good anymore. Yeah. Yeah, he's he is but, like, worst well, basketball of his career. We were paying him so much money that it's just that it's probably for the better that he's gone. Like, yeah, y'all we're y'all weren't really using him, so it's, it's... Yeah, and just now we're broke as heck from buying him out, and I don't know. We're just scrambling. Yeah. It, y'all are y'all will get there in the future. Are this... you going to miss Tice? No, <laughs> I think he will, man. It may. I mean, I I, I got to the point kind of with Tice where I convinced myself that he was he was solid for the team. But now that he's gone, I'm like, it's it's good that we moved on from him. I'm glad Ronald that's Wade, over. What's the solution now for y'all at the five spot? Robert Williams been hooping and maybe hopefully Aldridge. I saw Aldridge got bought out. I mean, y'all are probably still hoping for Drummond, but dude, everyone wants to go to the Lakers and the Nets. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I I hate super team culture. It's getting old. I thought well, we I, I thought we were past it. Y'all are killing it, so keep going. Appreciate it, bro. You have a good one. All right, man. See ya. Yeah, he um, and that's what I said. I thought Gordy would be frustrated. He deserves that. to be, cause like. You know, the way a lot of Detroit uh, sports are going, they're kind of making questionable moves. I think the Pistons really are trying to figure it out. But I think uh, they'll be trending up after draft day this year. I think they'll be feeling really good about who they get. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just so like just so much good talent. No matter where they end up, they should be good. Yeah. So th- this next trade, we got three more. This happened before. This wasn't today but it serves to be talked about was PJ Tucker going to the Bucks, for, you know, for the DJs, for the DJs. Yeah. Yeah. DJ yeah. Augustine, DJ Wilson. And then a lot of like picks and stuff and other random stuff. But the I, I think that's a good move for the Bucks to get a guy like PJ Tucker. He, you can, I mean, we've seen it. He can play the three, he can play the four, he can play the five. Yeah. <laughs> and he knocks down corner threes, uh, He's a great piece for a team looking to win a championship, and that's exactly what the Bucks are trying to do. So I, I think that's a good trade. For yeah, them. he's an older guy, something that you can you can get something out of him now, mm-hmm. and you know, good for the Bucks, I guess. Yeah. I, they're still in the East, so they're still the enemy. Yeah. But the the Suns are also in it. They they got Tory Craig, who's you know that works. solid. Another yeah. and another team who's gonna need depth in the playoffs. So yeah. that Tory Craig, solid player. And they gave up one hundred and ten thousand dollars in cash to the Bucks. So mm-hmm. kind of works both ways. And then the next one is actually I think one we maybe even knew about. This, this was before. Week. Yeah, it was uh, Trevor Reza and Myers Leonard, who who got bought out. Who was yeah? Who was waived? I think. Yeah, who's that's a whole other topic with Myers Leonard. And then this. Yeah, we don't. We don't have to get into that. Yeah, we don't. That's that's neither here nor there. He's so yeah. So basically, up. the 
the the Heat got Trevor Ariza for giving up a 2027 second round pick, like an older guy for an, a pick down the road. It's like that's one of those things where it's like you'll see if it works. You know, mm-hmm. Trevor Reese in Miami, maybe it works. Yeah, and it's re- like the uh, the Thunder have no reason really to keep Ariza. Like, I think they felt the same way about George Hill. It's like these guys are like 34, 35-year-old dudes. We might as well put them on a team that's going to make the playoffs this year. Like, the Thunder are very realistic about where they are as a franchise. They're, they're playing for the next 10 years. They're not really playing for this <laughs> this decade as much, but – yeah, Thunder in you know five to ten years will be really good, but gotta wait that time. Yeah, and last but not least, you know, just a huge trade. Oh, it's so it's a blockbuster. Blockbuster. I don't even know when this happened, honestly. <laughs> I've never heard of this guy either. The Clippers are getting a 2022 second round pick from the Kings for you. Want you want to go for this one? Me Mifoandu Kabengol. And a 2022 second-round pick, whatever. Clearing cap space. Yeah, whatever. Uh, So we're going to take a quick break, go to commercial. When we come back, we're going to talk about March Madness because, oh, boy, is it madness. Lots of upsets, unfortunately. You are listening to – I'm a victim. You are. We're all victims. (laughs) You're listening to 91.1 WEGL. We'll be right back. And we're back. So – I mean, March Madness. I, I love it. Give it to me. We've all. Had, we've had a withdrawal because we missed last year. It, honestly, they should have had 128 teams. To uh, make up for just it? Just to make up for just it. Just a I massive think. bracket. Just, yeah. Or maybe just do another one over in, like, May. May Madness. May, oh. You're so, on, maybe you're on to something here. Yeah. They should, they should probably go ahead and do that. But, yes, if you like upsets, and I was saying last week, how much I love upsets. So this tournament should be great for me, right? Right. Not when the kickoff of the upsets is against your team. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I'm sorry. That's just – it shouldn't happen like that. I, you know, and I, I was very angry at first. Uh, but then after Oral Roberts beat Florida too – and I, uh, that's I'm, let's open it up with Oral Roberts as far as the Sweet 16 is going. The, they are the fan favorite. They're America's Yes, team. They've, they have locked in as the Cinderella team. Yes, and I am rooting for them to win the entire thing. But uh, Max Abmus and uh, Ben Obenor, I think. Yeah, the big guy. These two guys combined for like 60 in both of those games. Yeah. They are amazing. They oh, shoot yeah. the ball lights out. I really can't even be mad. Like, it's... It is what it is. It's madness, and Ohio State's not the only team to fall victim of getting upset. Just the most notable and the first. Yeah, the other uh, one's got to be uh, Texas losing to Abilene Christian. Which shocked everyone. Because they were hot. And that was a fluke, too, as we saw with Abilene Christian getting just smacked by UCLA in the second round, lost by 20, only put up 47 points. I don't know what happened to Texas. I don't know how in the world they only scored 52 points against Abilene Christian. But shout out to them. They kept the upsets flowing. And to be honest with you, I did not even consider Abilene Christian winning that game in any of the, like, seven brackets I made. So that, yeah. Yeah. That was a little ridiculous. (laughs) Thank you, Texas. I had you in the Elite Eight, and you had to get out in the first round. Dude, I, I... was saying last week that I thought they were capable of maybe winning the whole thing. Yeah. So I don't know what the heck happened to them or Ohio State. Uh, I just. I and thank you, Texas, for 
I mean, Alabama basically having a cakewalk. Yeah. I mean, UCLA's playing hard, but it's... Well, now Alabama, uh, just to clarify this. Uh, oh, this is Jack Hart, production director and boy. I forgot that happens. Oh, hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. Shout out to Jack. <laughs> I, had, I was in class with you today. But now that Bama is playing a 15 seed, or they, pardon, they played a 15 seed, they played and beat a 10 seed, and now they're playing an 11 seed in the Sweet 16. You must feel real tough. For comparison, Auburn played when they were in that, they played a 12 seed, mm-hmm. they played a 4 seed, they played a 1 seed, they played a 2 seed, and another 1 seed. Yes. So... They probably for, they, they're so tough. Just to say, it, just just throwing that out there. Uh, but yeah, Bama and Bama looks really good. They are a good Maryland. team. They're like, good they team. Shot the lights out. I did think though that Iona might scare them for a sec. For a Rick, second, Rick Pitino's go, going into the half, it was it was something where it was like you kind of were giving people that look, like, like you know, what if maybe is this gonna happen? But then no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, I was rooting for it even more so to be the uh, not the only two seed to lose to a fifteen seed this year, but. You know what? It is what it is. It is what it is. And then, I mean, in that one, UCLA is looking really hot lately. They won the play-in game to beat Michigan State. They beat BYU with ease. They just smack Abilene Christian. And, like, do they have a chance to beat Bama? They're hot. and They're really hot. Yeah, and so they have, like, six or seven guys that average, like, ten points per game. Yeah. So. And, you know, maybe it's one of those things where they have that extra game and so they have even more motivation going in, whereas – Bama, who has, they've played well, but they haven't had to play, you know, tough games. They haven't been challenged as much. Exactly, and probably. UCLA was thrown into a dogfight with Michigan State. Yeah, and then, you know, had to pull away from BYU. Abilene Christian never really showed up for that one, so that was one there they get to rest their legs a little more, but I don't know. I think UCLA will have to score somewhere upwards of, like, 80, 85, mm-hmm. 90 points, like, to beat Bama, so... And they have that they hit gr- their threes. That great coach from Cincinnati. Yeah, Mike Cronin. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, they got to be playing with a fire, knowing that, knowing that, you know, no one has talked about them. No one thought they'd be here. No one thinks they're they're going to win this game. Well, so. and that's I honestly think the whole Pac-12 took an insult to how little anyone paid attention to them this year. Yeah, except no, hey, I got. Yeah, this is it, later. And yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get we'll up get there. there. But yeah, Oregon and USC both showed out, and I think. Uh, Tucker had called Oregon, and I had called USC. And I got was, both. Yeah, you got both of them. I got this Kansas matchup. Kansas is terrible. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll, And I had we'll a feeling about, there. you know, Oregon's athleticism against Iowa's kind of slower-paced like offense. I think the I think the Pac-12 is just mad. They they were pissed off. Yeah. They're 8-1 uh, and one as a conference in the tournament so far. Their only loss being Colorado, who won by 25 against Georgetown and then – uh, didn't really play too well against Florida State. So. Who I'm riding with. Yeah, sorry about that one, Gordy. Uh, yeah. Tucker's big on Florida State against Michigan. Yeah, Michigan got, coasted uh, to their first win, and then tough game against LSU. That was a tough game. Yeah. LSU shot really well. Cam Thomas played really well. Uh, but in the end, Michigan. They pulled away, yeah. yeah Michigan proved why they're a one seed. Yeah. That should be an exciting bracket still. I, I got to think that Michigan and Bama end up in the Elite Eight, but we could – who knows? It's madness. See, I have Florida State beating that beating Michigan. I, I, I need it. I need it. The Big Ten needs Michigan. <laughs> so let's let's head up 
north uh, of the bracket. Let's yeah. let's start the with west. the the west. Excuse We're going me. north to go west. North to go west. If looking at you know how the bracket <laughs> is laid out, uh, clear favorite Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, have they've yeah. shown that they're just they so should, dominant. They should win it all. Like, yeah. let's, I don't think me and Gordy made that clear enough last week. Like, we obviously talked about how good they are, and like, but Gonzaga should win it all. Absolutely. Like, it's their it's their year to lose it. You know, it's it's right out in front of them. Uh, for a second, maybe it looked like they would struggle against Oklahoma, but it was only for a second. Austin Reeves is a very good basketball player for very Oklahoma, good. but. They, they had their enough else firepower, so. and it was saying they had their worst shooting game at forty nine percent. Like, yeah, that was Gonzaga's worst worst shooting yeah. uh, field goal percentage of the year as a team was forty nine percent. And you can maybe credit that to you know level of competition, but you know Still. people were saying going into this, this isn't the the Gonzaga teams in the past where they've had great records because they don't play anyone. They they have a great record because they don't play anyone, and they're actually really good this yes. year like that and drew timmy had his best game of his career with like 33 and like 13 yeah boards and five assists or something mm-hmm. with the handlebar mustache love I mean, it hulk hogan ish yeah and, and that's the thing about this team is like they have timmy they have kispert they have suggs they have a they have uh andrew nimhard like they just it's gordy has said can, this to us where it's like you know, maybe one guy has an off game, but you still have to worry about four other guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, if if you are focusing too much on Timmy, then, oh, Kispert's going to have 25. If you're focusing too much on Kispert, oh, wait, you forgot about Suggs. He's going to yeah. have 25. Yeah, who like, might be the number one pick, Exactly. honestly, yeah. with how Cunningham has played. And Kispert and Timmy are probably both lottery picks by the time this thing's said and done. Kispert, for sure, I mean, Timmy, if he keeps playing like that. Yeah. But, yeah, and then um, – Creighton? Creighton, moving on. They beat Ohio. Jason Preston. For a second, really, we were. Yeah, well, I was. I picked Ohio in the Sweet 16, so loved seeing them beat Virginia. That was just awesome. Yeah. But uh, Jason Preston is, is just such a good player, such a dog. I, I hate that he went out like that and uh, didn't really play very good in that last game. If they get any production from him, that game's probably way closer. But good for Creighton. They're moving on. I think Gonzaga's going to hand it to him, but yeah, we'll see. And then as for USC, just it, destroyed. Yeah, Kansas. USC and Oregon, they've kind of they're putting points on the board. They're mm-hmm. they're fast. Shooting they're playing great defense from, from three. It's yeah. it's they're scary because the how you know efficient they're getting points on the board. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would say the same for Oregon State. That's on another side of the bracket, but again, another Pac-12 team. They're all playing similar style of basketball, even UCLA, like moving the ball really quickly, transition buckets, open threes, like hitting all those open threes. It's it's a yeah. good brand of basketball, and, and I think we were all sleeping on the Pac-12 this year, and I think mm-hmm. they they noticed, and they are not happy. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, Oregon putting up 95 on Iowa is yeah. insane. And Luca Garza having 40 of the 80, basically. Yeah, so. I so I only got to watch the beginning of that game, and I – it was like they had like 14 points and guards had like 10 of them. And I was like, oh, boy, like Oregon's in trouble. Mm-hmm. But and, but they were still in it. And then they they were able to just stay in it and keep scoring and keep scoring and keep scoring. And then, and then they, they get a couple the stops. Oh, yeah. After, like, what, they were up 10 at halftime. Yeah. 
It was 56-46. to 46. And I think that's been the problem with Iowa and why I didn't really think they were capable of a very far tourney run. I didn't think they'd lose in the second round. I thought it was possible. Didn't think it would happen. But uh, you know Garza's going to go off game in, game out. But you got to have production from some of those other guys. And they had three starters combined for zero points. Yeah, that that's can't unacceptable. happen. It's completely mm-hmm. unacceptable. And Garza should be... Very frustrated, and, and he was to see him go out that yeah, way. Yeah, he was in tears. I mean, this is last, and he is like for sure one of the best college basketball players ever. Yes, like one hundred percent. Not even he's probably the best in Iowa's history. And then didn't they say they were retiring his number? Yeah, yeah, they should. I mean, he's like that. He's different, and uh, still kind of shocking that he might not get drafted. Hopefully, he gets a second round pick at least, but. It's looking like he's not going to make the first round, but um, good for him. He's had a good career. Yeah, so I want to go back to where we were. I want to talk about Florida State a little bit more because I have them in my final four. And I, one thing, you know, they might not put up a lot of points, but that team plays some good defense. Mm-hmm. And defense wins championships, and I'm all in on that defense. And they, that team always, Florida State, like every year I feel like it's just – such a defensive like slugfest of a team like they can they can give headaches to any mm-hmm. offense and i i feel like you know watching them i i can't think of their coach's name off the top of my head but it seems like they they love their coach they're 100 percent bought in to the system and they play they play really well i mm-hmm. i i like what i'm seeing so far not a lot of points but you know n- not a lot of points against which is yeah for sure and i think michigan uh i hate to say it but i was impressed with the way that like they it looked like lsu might really have them beat there mm-hmm. and without livers one of their like uh older guys on the team who's been just such a cor- cornerstone piece for them who is still a question mark going yeah, into this game we still don't know like that stress stress fracture in his foot is going to be bothering him so i guess he may play he may not play but i was impressed with their ability to hang on and end up pulling that one out but if livers comes back michigan is going to be the real deal uh and possibly you know being able to break into the final four yeah so yeah. going so going over the midwest my that side of the bracket is just all in shambles for me well yeah and, and i <laughs> it said that illinois had the easiest path it to, felt like to the final four um for me, making the bracket, the team I was most concerned about was honestly Loyola. I just didn't have it because I thought Illinois was too good. I thought AO and Kofi Cockburn were just Same. too much Same. for Loyola. But that, you know, maybe Loyola would play them tough. My goodness, they did not trail the entire game, Loyola-Chicago. They said, how dare you doubt us on a Sunday with Sister Jean in the house? Yeah, and you know what? And how dare we? If... <laughs> Loyola plays on a Sunday again. I'm sorry for whoever they're going against because you're gonna lose. Yeah. Um. That I mean, they they were dominant that game. I mean, Illinois only putting up 58 points, and haven't seen that happen in a while. This it's not this season. Yeah, and they played a a pretty tough game against Georgia Tech, who didn't have their best player, but and then to come out and play that performance. Yeah. Is, so it's at, incredible. Yeah. After watching that first game, I was like, oh. You know, good win for Loyola, who I – I mean, I picked that. But I was like, if they play like that, they're still going to lose to Illinois. Mm-hmm. And they 
<laughs> they did. They flipped a switch. Yeah. And then now Loyola will be matching up with Oregon State, who has surprised I'm so a mad lot at of myself college this. basketball world. Uh, they won the Pac-12. weren't supposed to get a bid into the tournament at all, but they won the Pac-12 against uh, Colorado, I think, in the final. Mm-hmm. I had picked uh, Oregon State against Tennessee because Tennessee is the worst five seed in March Madness history. Yeah, I. And Oregon this is State probably the one that I'm just kicking myself the most over because. I picked Tennessee, I went back, and I picked Oregon State, and then I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, I mean, Tennessee's overrated. They have some good wins. Like, I picked them to win, but get out in the round of 32. I was like, Oregon State's, they're hot, but they're they're not a good team. There's no way they're better than Tennessee. But, I mean, I, I, can, I can eat my words on that one. They, they've proven that they're – a solid team after, I mean, just embarrassing Tennessee, which, uh-huh. I mean, thank you, Tennessee. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I out. will never rely on Tennessee ever again. No. And then Oklahoma State, who kind of had sh- a dud of a game. Yeah, and only beat Liberty by nine points. And Cade Cunningham was struggling in March. And Yeah, and I know Gordy said he, he thinks Cunningham uh, – might have hurt his trade, or I mean, his draft value a little bit, like his draft stock. But I don't know. I don't think it would be anything severe enough for him to fall even out of the top three. No, he, no, no maybe no. he's not the one guaranteed number one pick. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma State. They gave up eight. Uh, props to Oregon State, scoring eighty points. But I was surprised with how well Oklahoma State had been playing going into the tournament. Uh. I don't know. It's, it's just this side of the bracket is just so messed up. And yeah, then, and then now we got Syracuse just completely destroying San Diego State. I, I picked that. But I didn't then even watch that one, but yeah, just, the West Virginia. West Virginia one was shocking. And they again, I think, led most of that game. And I don't, the final score is close, but from my understanding, it was kind of Syracuse's game the whole way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that two-three zone has come back to to be just such a problem for teams and buddy Bayheim can shoot from anywhere and it goes in so yeah i was that's pretty easy to understand why they got to the sweet 16 yeah i was listening to i mean shout out part of my take they get a definitely get a view from me but it was either mark titus or someone else was saying like the the reason syracuse might have this edge and he was saying it before the games even started was you know teams see a 2-3 zone but they don't see this 2-3 zone mm-hmm. and this is the the two three zone that Syracuse has just completely bought in for years, and it's a tough yeah, zone. That's why Jim Beheim has like been such a great coach there for so long. He makes like, teams beat them by shooting, mm-hmm. and he, he's, I mean, Buddy Beheim sh- out shooting these teams too. And it's like these teams are they see this zone, and like teams obviously have plays to, against zone, but they don't see it a lot. Yeah, and especially with how tough this zone is, and they just commit like they really do just commit to it for the entirety of like the game the entire time they're they're playing this zone or some variation of this zone and it's, yeah and it just whacks san diego state with that and i i kind of think that syracuse is going to move past houston and i way. i kind of hope they do because i had i had houston or no excuse me i was all in on houston before this yeah. and then i was like you know maybe they didn't play a whole lot of teams you uh, kind of went back on your word there right? i did i hate myself <laughs> for it I was like, they don't play a whole lot of teams. They, um, the losses they have are in conference against not good teams. 
So I, I picked them to lose to West Virginia in this round. And so now I, I pretty much need Syracuse to win this just so it can bust everyone's bracket pretty much. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Syracuse is hot. Houston barely beat Rutgers. Well, and, yeah, I I honestly, like, it's the way. <laughs> uh, they, Houston kind of, like, just took it from Rutgers. Like, the Rucker, Rutgers was up. Six or fifty-eight to forty-nine with like four and a half minutes left, and then you scored two minutes, yeah, two points there. Yeah, like it was a fifteen to or what was it, like fourteen or to two run. It can't happen to end the game for Houston. So yeah, like Rutgers just fell asleep at the wheel there. Should have had the upset, didn't happen. Houston's I'm not sure why. Houston but. is going to have all week to practice against this zone. Mm-hmm. And they just got. I mean, ultimately, it's going to be if they shoot out of it or not. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how you beat the zone. And normally, if you shoot that well, they'll have to move out of it. But I mean, the way that Syracuse plays it, it's really hard to shoot that well. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, we kind of move into the South region. This will be the last one we cover of the Sweet 16. The clear dominant so far. They had a little bit of trouble, mm-hmm. uh, kind of midway through against Wisconsin. But Baylor is. I mean, they torched Hartford, obviously. I mean, one seed yeah. versus a 16. And, and I think that score even for Wisconsin is closer than what it was putting on. Like, at one point, they were just scoring with a dunk every single time. Yeah. Like, they could do, they could have done that the whole game if they wanted to. And then, so Villanova, who's a team that, you know, without Connor Gillespie. And I need to just go ahead and say on the record uh, that I was wrong about Villanova very much, though. So. Okay. And good for them for being able to, you know, uh, go through this adversity and make it to the Sweet 16. I was very wrong about them. I had them losing to Winthrop. They, the I, yeah, I had the them beating Winthrop. They kind of, they kind of got what Auburn was going through with a play for Chuma, going mm-hmm. with Connor Gillespie, and they're riding that momentum right now. Yeah, but I, I had them losing to. Shame um, on me for for not considering that. You know who it's shame on Purdue. Yeah, playing. It may not have been in their stadium, but. I think it was. In their stadium? I'm not 100% sure. But, it, but yeah, I know they were playing games in their stadium. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it, they played there or not, but shame on you. Losing to North Texas. And then North Texas just got bodied by Villanova next round. Like yeah. The, the Big Ten looks has looked like a complete joke. And so, like, the Big 12 kind of has. Like, the the SEC at least has uh, Arkansas and Bama both in it. Like, But, I mean, the Big Ten, and this is as, speaking of someone who has a team in the Big Ten, like, it's just – been s- embarrassing yeah. the way that they've shown out and like I mean I don't know just dropped the ball completely only has one team in the Sweet 16 when they had nine coming in including Michigan State who was a play in yeah uh, that's pretty bad yeah, yeah. Arkansas is a interesting team they so they I a little mean, scary against Colgate in that first half it was I was that was like the first game of the day and everyone was like what's going on yeah like not like this not this yeah. early and then Oh, I mean, a hard-fought game against Texas Tech. Yeah, it came down to a, the guy in Texas Tech just kind of bricking the layup off the glass. Yeah. Otherwise, we could have had OT, and who knows what would have happened at that point. But mm-hmm. they were just face-guarding Mac McClung the whole time and were saying, hey, you're going to have to else. score with someone else. Yeah. And Texas Tech did an okay job at it, but I don't know. You think Oral Roberts has any chance of making the third upset in a row? Um, Against Arkansas, it's... Arkansas is, without a without a doubt, a better team than Florida. Um, I had 
Florida losing to Virginia Tech. I mean, but they, I mean, they proved themselves against you guys. I don't want to, you know, talk badly about you no, guys. No, I mean, it's, it is what they played amazing. And yeah, they did play amazing. And played amazing again against Florida. So, y'all, you guys have, I mean, with, like I'm saying, without trying to be disrespectful, uh, throughout the year we're saying, you know, yeah, we might lack in defense, but we're going to outscore you. Mm-hmm. And I think this was the the team that they just they you got, this one even went to overtime, and the score was only seventy five to seventy two. Yeah, uh, Dwayne Washington shot terribly. He was playing like a ball hog, like kind of a chump. Uh, the last the last shot too, the one where that he was, got the kick out to the top he was of the wide key, wide open to tie it, and he missed it right. And I was like, you can't miss that shot, right? You got to miss it long or short. Yeah, give it a chance at least. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, Liddell receiving death threats. Was That's just, so messed up. Yeah, that was absolutely ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's a game at the end of the day. Yeah, I was I was mad too, but not once did it, like, go through my mind that, like, I wish any of the players on any team were dead. Like, who would say who that? Do- yeah. That's just, like – very irrational and erratic behavior, but it goes against what March Madness is. Yeah, like I, I'm all for the Cinderella teams. At first, I really was like so angry, and more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I I'm the one who wanted upsets, and <laughs> I get I got what I deserved. But uh, you know, I I really am happy for Oral Roberts. I do hope they beat Arkansas. I mean, I think that would be cool. I need Arkansas to win for I my bracket. I don't think they have a chance against Baylor, but you never know. Hey. Villanova, you never know. Exactly. You know, yeah, they might be playing our hearts out. If you – all right, what would your final four be based off who's left now in the Sweet 16? Not like looking at your bracket and like I have – Yeah. I only have two teams left that could be in the final four on mine, but like – I'm going to – so I'm just going to stick with my three. So I got Gonzaga, Florida State, and Baylor uh, as my three teams. And now looking at this Midwest bracket – uh, give me Syracuse, man. That I, I, it's kind of hard to not say them the way they've been playing. They've been yeah, playing so well. Either Syracuse, or I mean, okay, wait. So th- they play on March 29th, Loyola. What day is that? Okay, that's Monday. Wait, I oh, say so they, they don't. No, play no, no, no. 27th. I'm sorry, they play on Saturday. Uh, so they don't play on they don't play on Sunday on Sunday this week. Okay, so yeah, Oregon State probably, but give me Syracuse, <laughs> give me Syracuse. All right, all right. So yeah, I'll go Gonzaga, Baylor, Syracuse, and Florida State. What do you got? I I mean, it's I don't think you you have to pick Gonzaga. You have to like they're if, dominant. If USC or Oregon were playing Bama right now instead of playing each other. I I don't know. I think Bama would have a tough time with that. Uh, I just don't think either one of them could beat Gonzaga unless they were unless Oregon scored ninety five points again and just played like good enough defense. Probably won't happen. So I'm gonna go Gonzaga. Uh, I think I'm gonna go Baylor too as well. They've just been playing consistently well. And Great they, defense. They have those three guys that mm-hmm. they can. They're like Gonzaga in that regard. They just can like. They have three guys who can score 20 or more on any occasion. Um, so I'll go those two. Uh, and this sucks to say, but it's in my bracket final four, so I'm going to roll with it. Mm. It's Bama. Oh! I know. It sucks. See, I needed Texas to beat them here. but That's what I was hoping to see that one. And, and 
be wrong about it, but Bama has been playing good basketball with that last one in the Midwest region, which now has gotten so weird. Be anyone. I'm going to go with Loyola. I, I yeah, just, I thought about it. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. And, you know, ultimately I'd say the two teams I'm rooting for would be either Sister Jean and Loyola you or, have to. or Roberts. Yeah. Those, that, are, those are like my two. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, everyone, best of luck to you. And so one last thing is, so Oregon and USC playing, I, which I got, I have Oregon uh, winning this game, but Oregon lost to USC twice in the regular season. I, I know yes. once, I think twice, but hey, it is a, it is hard to be a team three times. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be that one time for Oregon, I feel like. So mm-hmm. I think this is a good segment into our locks of the week. Yeah. I. Uh, why, why don't you kick us off there? Yeah, so I'm I'm all in on Oregon. Oregon plus two, a uh, team that could score a lot. USC proved they could store, score a lot. They, I mean, just beat the brakes off of Kansas, uh, eighty-five to fifty-one. I mean, it's going to be a high-scoring game. It looks like, uh, but I'm going to give it to Oregon. I feel like they're playing super well. You never know. They since they only played one game. You, you don't know, but beating a tough Iowa team. So give me Oregon plus two. And then my other one, <laughs> give me Florida State plus two and a half. I'm all in on Florida Jeez. State, dude. I'm all in. Florida, I hope you're not listening, man. He's going to oh, be mad at me, and I keep I keep telling him, like, we're we're enemies on this one, dude. Sheesh. Yeah, that one's, I don't know. So you're going with both Sunday games, right? Yeah. Games I mean, Saturday and Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, and okay. yeah, we've so talked about this. You're going both Saturday – or wait, no, sorry, both Sunday. Sundays. Mine are both Saturday. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go – both are plus uh, plus dogs. Plus dogs. Oral Roberts plus 11 against Arkansas. Okay, They're love too, it. They've been playing too well to lose by more than 11 points. Yeah. I they, Their Cinderella story could come to an end here. But they're not going to get blown out. They're going to give Arkansas a game. Like they want to prove that they're here for a reason. They didn't. They weren't a fluke of beating Ohio State. They weren't a fluke of beating Florida. Like they deserve to be there. Plus eleven or Roberts. Okay, let's go. The other one we talked about Syracuse. You think they can maybe get to the Final Four? I think so too. Plus six and a half is too many points against Houston. That game's going to be very close. I almost even like the plus two twenty money line, but. I'm gonna say plus six and a half for Syracuse. Yeah. I just think that's too many points. Yeah, that's a that's for a great both, one. Both ways, I feel like that's too many points. Yeah, and an interesting thing to look at is like, so Gonzaga's thirteen and a half point favorites. We've talked about this, and I'm sh- I'm shouting out everyone that picked Gonzaga as their champion. You're not fun. Yeah. Okay. You're not fun. Yeah. You're you're a no fun at a party. Like you're not you're fun at a party. I don't want to talk to you. A buzzkill. It's a what's up? I'll talk to you maybe later. Probably yeah, not. Probably never again. You're, you you pick the cop out team. Like obviously Gonzaga is the best team. They're undefeated. It'd be like picking Duke when they had Zion and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. Yeah, it, it yeah, and it's like going into the playoffs with in the NFL and being like, you know what? I think Tom Brady's team's going to win the Super Bowl. Probably. It's it's you're not fun by picking Gonzaga and. You're probably right, but shame on you. That's yeah. all I got to say. You're probably right, though. You're probably right, but and you're not fun. what else is probably right is Gonzaga probably covers that 13 and a half. Spot. Probably. But. I like my two so. picks. I like your two picks also. Yeah. Plus, plus money is always fun, especially in March. Yeah. I got to. I oh, just got to believe also in Also, I meant to say this stat earlier. 
it really has been a crazy March summer, even calling it like the craziest one ever with all the double oh, yeah, seeds. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the highest average seed uh, in a Sweet 16 ever at 5.88. Which is just is, perfect for a COVID year. Yeah, like it, we knew it was going to be crazy, but it's like lived up to those expectations for sure. Yeah, and uh, what I was going to say was I, I love your picks. Mine are, your, yours are definitely a lot more logical. Mine are a little bit more <laughs> out of the heart. But See, I'm all I'm all in. I'm bought I'm just, in. I'm not bought into my bracket after literally day one. So that's yeah. kind of where I was well, at. Well, I'm in two but. bracket groups and I'm winning both right now. Oof. So I I, I gotta believe Illinois, right? Yes. That's just what hurts. You know, usually. I don't have the max, but I what I would need was like I'll just need you the, need the games that I get. Saga. Yeah, the the games that I get right, or that I still have a chance to get right. I have to get right, and the team the games that. I have wrong. I'm going to need the team that's, you know, your Syracuse's, your Oral Roberts or whatever. I need those ga- those teams to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need – so, like, looking at it, I need, like, Oregon State maybe or Lo- Loyola, either of those, honestly. I need Syracuse to win. I need UCLA to win. It's Those would help out my bracket so much. But I, I love March Madness, man. That's – I. it's so hard, like, to tell – if this is just going to continue to be a crazy year and we're going to see, like, a Final Four of, like, average seed being, like, you know, nine. <laughs> or if it's going to end up really being, like, the two or three one seeds and maybe a two seed. Or yeah. it could be the random, like, that Midwest one could produce a, a eight, 11, or 12 seed. So Yeah. But otherwise, like, it really could be Michigan, Gonzaga, and Baylor all representing their regions. Yeah. Final four, so we probably, I got one last thing that just popped up in my head. You got to pick one upset in the Sweet Sixteen right now. Who's it gonna be? Hang on, I gotta look at it one more time. And it's gotta be. There's not true upsets like you could say like Florida State. I mean, I would pick. I would pick Syracuse over Houston. Yeah, probably. That okay, would, that would be. And you're. You would probably pick Florida State over Michigan. Yeah, but it's not a crazy upset. But yeah, I mean that's it would pretty one. like a one seed getting upset. Whenever a one seed loses, it's yeah, an upset. it's it's big news. Even even to a four seed, especially to an eight seed. Sorry, Illinois. Yeah, thanks, uh, Illinois. But yeah, I I I think Oral Roberts can beat Arkansas. Now I'm not gonna say they will, mm-hmm. but I think they can't. Like it's possible. Is there? It, there's always a chance. Yeah. So uh, if if Amos and Obinor both combined for sixty again, then yeah, Arkansas is in trouble. Yeah. Any team's in trouble when two guys have that many points. Should be interesting. Yeah. Going to have some crazy games. It's going to be madness. All right. Well, I mean, this was a great episode. We t- we talked about a lot of things. A lot of basketball. Hopefully you like basketball. If you're already sick of it, and sorry, you're going to have to wait till March is over. But yeah. we're still going to be talking basketball next week. <laughs> All right. Well, this is League Talk on 91.1 WEGL. We will see you guys next week. On the flip it flip Thanks for listening to League Talk. For more sports content, follow us on Twitter at League Talk underscore W-E-G-L, where we are happy to discuss the hottest takes in sports. If you ever miss a show, check out our previous episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Tune in next week, Thursday at 8, on Weagle 91.1 FM. This is League Talk, signing off.